Good afternoon and welcome to what's starting out to be a cuckoo day at How Better Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, the janky GMO production studios that it is. <laughs> I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And Georgia may have to do this podcast by herself because I am absolutely losing my mind. We finally resolve one issue and then something else gets started. So guys, hopefully in 2023, we are, believe it or not, we are really trying to make moves to have a better quality of show. But just bear with us. Thank you all who follow us on Facebook, all the wonderful uh, old Hollywood and someone new Hollywood movies, all the groups we belong to. Thank you so much. And yes, we uh, our Facebook page is How Betty Davis Saved My Life. And we do have a YouTube channel by the same name where we have some, um, we just posted a video of the Paradine case, a re-up of that. And we have some more videos coming up as well. But Georgia... OMG. Like, what is our movie today? <laughs> American Gigolo Ooh. from 1980. Yes, the <laughs> 1980. Because I, I just found out in our research that there is um a recent Showtime uh uh series, Georgia. Did you see that? No, I, have, I knew that there was a TV series based on it, but I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it. Um, and if we have time, I'll, I'll refer to a gentleman. I believe it's the Cyrus, C-Y-R-O-U-S show on YouTube who did a really good comparison of our movie today with starring Richard Gere versus the, um, the series that's on Showtime starring none other than a Punisher of all people, John Berthold. I hope I'm saying his, his name correctly. The Punisher is a hustler. But we'll talk about that in a moment. So, Georgia, tell us, what, what are we doing today, girl? We Let's get into it. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, I thought I would go ahead and set this up with uh, who is playing in this movie. First of all, we have Richard Gere. And you may recognize Richard Gere from uh, An Officer and a Gentleman and Pretty Woman. He was only 29 or 30 years old when he did this movie. Mm -hmm. And he is at the, let's say, I would say the height of his attractiveness in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, we also have Lauren Hutton. She's a former model. Uh, we also have uh, Hector Elizondo um, and Bill Duke. Mm -hmm. We uh, This movie was uh, written and directed by Paul Schrader, and he is the same one who made Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, and he also wrote for Martin Scorsese. Okay. Uh, the music is composed by Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. And there is the theme, the number one best-selling single in the U.S. in 1980, is the theme for this movie, which is Call Me, sung by Deborah Harry of Blondie. Yeah. And you will hear different on that. There's also a little bit of a Smokey Robinson and the Miracles yeah. in here, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to call it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Moya. No, I'm just agreeing with you. Like, this this is a wonderful soundtrack. I mean, it's, it's underrated, in my opinion, as soundtracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it really sets the tone. Now, to set this movie up, 
Okay, this is 1980. And so this is a time when you have uh, the 80s, uh, Ronald Reagan is president. You've still got newspapers, pay phones, hatchback cars, uh, stereos. Uh, so this is a time capsule of LA during that time. And this for me was very nostalgic because mm. I was born and I grew up in the LA area and yeah. I lived there for a while. And so this was fun for me to see uh, around LA, uh, the Hollywood area, Palm Springs, uh, Pacific Coast Highway, that kind of thing. And so uh, Richard Gere is playing Sorry. the most stylish male escort or gigolo you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and yet he's working out of LA, Malibu, and Palm Springs. Springs, and this is the highest paid or highest echelon you can imagine because he is, he, the man is an Adonis. I mean, he is just, the way he dresses, he, right. he put Giorgio Armani on the map. He has the most gorgeous clothes, mm -hmm. and he has this swagger, and he is charming. He speaks multiple languages so that he can deal with all of his clientele and he specializes and prides himself in being able to pleasure older women yeah. that uh, he said are neglected by their men and yeah. uh so um i have before i go any further i want to say ladies uh if you are if you haven't seen this movie before you're gonna see it uh, lock the kids in the closet okay <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so um Getting back to Richard Gere's character, this movie is really a character study, and he is like, to me, he's pretty much the whole movie. There is uh, two elements in this movie. There is a murder mystery. There's also a love story. And so he, he, he is a person who's pretty arrogant, and he uh, doesn't get along well with his madam and his pimp. And so one when one of his rich... Uh, well, when a rich wife gets killed, uh, that he is serviced, uh, it, it's in a kind of an S and M kind of a way. He becomes suspect number one, and while this is going on, he also falls into, I guess, what he feels is maybe a real relationship with the trophy wife of a California senator. So, uh, we are faced with all these things going on. Um, will he have to serve crime? Will he have to serve time for doing the crime? Will their love survive? Um, and how is a man who's used to the best of material possessions in the world, I mean, what is he going to do from this point on? So this is where the movie really, really gets a, a, an additional level of intensity. And so um, I, I have to tell you, um, I, I thought that they borrowed a little bit from Hitchcock here because mm -hmm. you've got... A thriller where you have a man who's accused of a crime and he's kind of trying to solve the crime and he's kind of on the run. Right. So I kind of thought there was a little bit of a Hitchcock element when I was watching this. But you know, Moya, I was kind of surprised, even despite the bad reviews, and this was a very, very successful movie, has a cult following. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised how much I liked it, not really because of the storyline, but due to Richard Gere 
Walker's character. He is, to me, he's just a fascinating character. And yeah, he's like, he's man candy. He's sex on a stick. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but you know, before he, did this, before he did this role, he was trained as a gymnast before his acting career. Oh. So when you see him in the gravity booths and him hanging upside down, lifting the weights and his physique, this is because he he was trained. And I mean, this is why he looks as good as he does and the way he looks. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think he owns this movie. And I could not imagine the other people who are also considered for his role. At one point, I think they considered John Travolta and he had been signed on, but he wanted to have control over the final cut with a producer. And they said no. And mm -hmm. so he, he bailed out of it. They were also considering Christopher Reeve. Hmm. But... Uh, yeah, and Christopher Reeve, uh, he didn't. He dropped out of it too. Superman so, um, as a hustler, as a as a whore. Oh wow, yeah. saucy! Very saucy. And also, we had a couple of very famous women who uh, tried out or auditioned for the Lauren Hutton role. Uh, we had Glenn Close. She wasn't selected. They, uh, but she managed to do. She managed to cob a lot of career for herself, you know. So she she was. Okay. Oh wow! Did she ever? <laughs> Did she ever? Um, they also uh, Meryl Streep declined the the role of Michelle. Uh, they were also really thinking about Julie Christie. I think she would have been a very interesting choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's too bad she dropped out because I I would have liked her. Uh, I. I, I wasn't totally sold on the romantic part of this movie, Moya. Mm. For some reason, I had a hard I had a hard time with it. I just wasn't completely. Well, what was it? What? Why? Why didn't but, it sell? Well, for a couple of reasons, uh, I can see why she would be attracted to him. Yes, mm -hmm. but for her falling in love, not so much. Mm -hmm. To me, their their love scene wasn't that convincing i didn't see any passion well was it the acting or was it the writing or was it just all of the above i mean what 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 didn't the sell i think maybe it was the writing the characters the acting i think it was all of the above moya mm -hmm. i i had a hard time with buying into the love story part of the movie mm -hmm. uh, i um i think it was all of those things okay um, I think, first of all, okay, I have to say this. I didn't think that there was all that much chemistry between uh, Richard Gere and Lauren Hutton. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would have bought it better if the characters were maybe just a little bit more developed. Um, I, I didn't think there was anything romantic about the romance. Okay. And, yeah, I just... I, for those reasons, I had a hard time with that. Okay. Although I could see, yes, the physical attraction, but I was looking for like the the caring that mm. she we're supposed to be convinced that she has for him. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Although the very initial scene they have, I think, is kind of hot because they notice each other across a crowded restaurant and they're speaking French to each other. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very. Yeah. But, you know, I think I would have really liked to have known his backstory. I would have really liked to have known, like, how he 
ended up in his career and right like all the like you know his fashion sense mm-hmm. and just all these how he got to you know because a man just doesn't really i don't think just fall into it one day i yeah. mean there's there's something going on you know because there's something about him that even though you know he has a very facile way with women mm-hmm. you can see that and why did he i mean he does explain a little bit why he likes the challenge of older women he does go into that mm-hmm. but i think i would have liked to have known just a little bit more about what was behind the the man there i i would have yeah but i i tell you he's got this charisma he's got this swagger yeah uh i i say Look at the, you know, the movie has got its flaws, but I say, look at it as a, as fun and just enjoy it, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. I just said, you know, this is fun. Look at the clothes, look at right. the character, you know, all of that. And that's what did it for me. I mean, it's got, it has a little bit of like a, a tiny bit of a noir feeling. I think it was, yeah, it has yeah. a more has a modern touch and feel yes. to it um and uh so I, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting uh the way they tried to do it but you have to remember like this was like about five years before miami vice mm-hmm. and disco was on his way out and new wave was on his way coming in right but uh i really liked the way he commanded the screen because when he was in a scene he just he just was everything i mean the luxury he lived in the designer club the money and the beautiful women i mean he had all the sex he could ever want Mm -hmm. and so you realize things are just gonna start you know, they're still gonna they're gonna go sideways, and so that's part of the fascination of the movie to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, boy, I have to say, if I had if there was a lesson in this movie for me, I would have to say that um, materialism and possessions do not necessarily equal success and fulfillment. Right. I, that's to me. I, I would have to say that's that's the lesson in this movie. Oh, definitely, but. It, but that's what the '80s were. The '80s embodied materialism because you were you were coming out the disco '70s. Well, you got to go back. You were, you got to really go back after to uh, post World War II, where America ex- experienced. You had the baby boomers and you had this economic boom. Then the '60s, you had you know people people were tired of war, but you were back with Vietnam. Then you had the counterculture taking over. Everybody was dirty, grungy, and then you had the '70s that was moving away from that that dirty hippie look back to back to sophistication. And then the '80s, it just went overboard with style and sophistication. Then you had the just the birth of the uh, the designers that we still know household names, the Armani's and the Ralph Lauren's. I mean, they just blew up in the '80s, and and you had to have the preppy look. So having money and um, being chic, that's when you have the, the wonderful stories, Dynasty and Dallas. Uh, Dallas, I mean, Dynasty came a little bit later, but it was marching towards that. So that was the opulent, wow, what they call 80s, the me generation. And this movie, and like I said, it was panned by critics, but it embodied that. But back to what you were saying with the love story between he and Lauren Hutton. 
I wonder, was that on purpose? Because, you know, did they pick her because she was not an actress? You know, and later on, Lauren Hutton went on to do a little, few more movies. But I wonder if Paul Schrader, like you said, who also uh, did Taxi Driver with uh, De Niro, one of the best movies ever, in my opinion. Um, did he want someone? Because he picked Sybil Shepherd to play in Taxi Driver. She was another model. Like I said, the guy, the, the Cyrus show on YouTube, and I know, normally I don't look at other people's material when before I do a do a podcast with Georgia, but I was curious about the how he could compare and contrast the movie versus the series that's now on Showtime. Um, and and I love how he broke down the the Travis Bickle character that was in Taxi Driver. Georgia, have you seen Taxi Driver uh, with De Niro no, and Jodie Foster? No, I seen Taxi Driver. You said no. No. Oh, okay. We got to do it then. Okay, well, guys, yeah. uh, Georgia, write that one down. We got to do Taxi Driver, one of the best movies, um, ever in my opinion. But anyway, uh, so Travis Bickle, who is like an outright, total opposite of uh Julian Kay's character, the Richard Gere character, and I don't want to give away too much. But these two characters are still intertwined and connected. They're they are the converse of each other, but still have characteristics in each other. Go look at the Cyrus show again on YouTube, C Y R O U S, I believe, and he does a wonderful breakdown of it. But anyway, um, and maybe he picked Schrader, the director picked the Sybil Shepherds and the Lauren Huttons because they're not great actresses. They're not known for acting, and Sybil Shepherd. And Taxi Driver, there was no way she was going to have a connection, a real con substantial connection with Travis Bickle. But yet she entertained him, quote unquote, if you will, versus um, or compared to Lauren Hutton's character, who, uh, like I said, because of her limited acting skills, I think, I, I, I don't know. And you guys tell us, go to our Facebook page and let us know in the comments. Maybe he picked that on purpose, picked her on purpose, so there wouldn't be some so this real love affair. But Georgia, if you're a prostitute, can you really? And I'm not saying it's impossible, but that lifestyle does not lend to truly connecting people because you live in a fantasy land. Everything is a lie. Everything is fake, and you don't want to connect with people because that's not what your job is about. So I kind of see what you're saying. You know, so and but back to the series, the series picks up the one on Showtime after I don't want to give away too much. It, it's 15 years after 1980. Okay, so the, the movie, I mean, sorry, the series picks up in like 95. And it does give a little bit of backstory, Georgia, uh, for what I've seen in a trailer and what the guy at the Cyrus show is saying. It does give a little bit of backstory because I was thinking the same thing with anyone who falls into prostitution or a life of crime. But to me, especially prostitution, because I guess it's more women oriented. Um, you know, what got you to this point? And it's, it's never word for word the same story, but there are some elements that are always the same. Um, but I love this movie because this is one of the few movies outside. So after, yes, I did see this. Uh, George, I don't know. Did you see this one? Mid, what is it? Midnight Cowboy with the, uh, uh, what's his John name? John Voight. Yeah, John Voight and Pacino back in the day. Did you see that one? I, 
No, I haven't seen that okay. one either. We got to do that one. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of that movie. I saw it and I was like, why does everybody love this movie? So maybe I need to see it again. It was okay. But not since that movie in the, like the mid to late 60s, they, they talk, the movies talk about homosexuality, men hustling, um, and then I think they might have had something in the 70s called hustling or something. But but I'm just talking about men and being prostitutes and gigolos and stuff like that. And, and, and if they did talk about it in a movie, it was like comical. You know, you had something silly like dirt and rotten, dirt and, dirty, rotten scoundrels and some European stuff, but never this in depth. And I also it was groundbreaking and shocking talking about the homosexual community. Because, you know, I was getting really big in the 80s. That's when that, you know, really... Canada forefront, the homo, uh, male homosexual um, community. And um, I was, and, and, and then so Bill Duke's character, let's talk about Bill Duke's character. That was extremely groundbreaking. If you want to hear Bill Duke talk about how he got that role, again, go to YouTube, Vlad TV, and type in Bill Duke. Um, Bill Duke, for those of you who are 70s movies fan, he was, uh, we first kind of saw him in Car Wash. That that movie that's iconic. Then fast forward to um here we are uh in in uh American Gigolo. But Bill Duke is a prolific um a very successful Hollywood director, and he said he got with Paul he got this movie for he got with this movie for one because he really wants to work with Paul Schrader and learn the behind the scenes of how to um direct the movie. So this was kind of his role to that. But Georgia, not until. Brock Peterson's Brock Peterson's portrayal of a homosexual black man in the pawnbroker. Did you did you see that connection? Had you seen a black male be a homosexual and and, and in the power position? Yes, mm -hmm. uh, I immediately thought of the pawnbroker and uh, the black pimp in that. I, I mm -hmm. saw the connection. I saw how similar is that because they both had that homosexual vibe in there mm -hmm. and being pimps. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Being but I, I just thought, gosh, I hope people don't, you know, want to kind of stereotype it to think that, you know, I mean, just because those two movies, but, but I did think that it was very well played, very well done. It was acted so convincingly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I love, when Bill Duke and he has a very unique look to to say yeah. uh, to, to coin a phrase so to speak you know you if you see him like okay that's Bill Duke you know you cannot mistake him for anybody else um and his presence and uh on F and his acting he's really underrated cuz like i said he's more behind the camera now i think he also was in predator so he had a very successful uh in front of the camera and behind the camera career and i think it still directs as well he did minister society a wonderful i, I stopped short of calling an urban film but for lack of a better term but um minister society in like the 90s that was just like the one of the dad and boys in the hood those were the two like black films in the 90s um outside of what spike lee did but that people today uh still identify still in in the culture especially in the urban culture um boys in the hood and minister society Bill Duke directed Menace to Society, and he had an iconic uh, role, little cameo in that as well. But yeah, um, this movie was just, and like I said, the critics did not like it. I could see why, because it was kind of slow moving. A lot of stuff they could have left out of I agree. They could have did the backstory um, a little bit more. Um, but what did you think 
about <laughs> the male prostitution profession, Georgia. What did you, what did, what do you think? They'd be like, oh my gosh, it's disgusting. Or like, oh, you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I have always seen prostitutes in movies portrayed as women. Mm -hmm. And so to see a man, to me, it was rather fascinating. Okay. Um, I, I thought that, uh, you know, one of the things about this movie was this was before the advent of AIDS. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. And so there's a little bit of a, like you mentioned earlier, there's a little bit of a, like a homosexual kind of a bi thing in there a little bit, the word it hints at it. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I was um, kind of surprised that this movie was very groundbreaking, not just because it portrayed a male prostitute, but also a, uh, I was interested in his how should his methodology. I guess mm -hmm. I was kind of fascinated with that. How does it, you know, a female prostitute? You know, you kind of get your in your mind. You know, you you think you know how they operate. But I was very very um, intrigued by how a male prostitute works and acts and all that. But the nudity aspect of what what of it was very groundbreaking because yes, there is. We get to see all of his cash and prizes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the front, the back, and, and they're really showing off his physique. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's got, the, I mean, you see, uh, he's got the goods, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and I never Look. thought Richard Gere, like, I remember women going nuts over him. I mean, like, he, he wasn't my type of looking dude. But he really, like you said early on, this was the height. This was probably one of his best uh, roles. Um, I didn't see Pretty Woman. Like, I, those aren't my type of movies. Oh, that's a role reversal. You got to see Pretty Woman. Okay, well, it's put it on the list. Write it on the list. I, so, so I will trump yeah. you. I've never seen it. So one, I finally, you finally yes. got me. One you've seen and I haven't seen. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't like those kind of movies, you know. But you write his role reversal. So now he's the trick. And he's, and Julia Roberts is the, the uh, prostitute. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm sorry you were saying um it was it was kind of shocking or, or groundbreaking as you would say with the nudity and stuff. Yeah, it I was. mean, and, and did you think it glamorized um I wonder how many men went into male prostitution or gigolo after this movie? <laughs> because it it, it didn't it, look it looked all glamorous on the surface, but the movie got real uh yes. towards the middle to the walls the end, you know, so all that glitter is not gold. But, um, yeah, what, what did you... So, yeah, you said you thought it was interesting, to say the least. It was fascinating to me because uh, I wanted to see how he actually operated. Mm -hmm. and, and and I was pretty fascinated with, with how he did that. Mm -hmm. Um. And I thought he was very convincing at it, which surprised me even more. I know I, Paul Schrader. I bet he did his research because I think he was heavy into method acting or, you know, like real because he wanted us to show like the real grittiness of stuff. So I'm pretty sure I don't you know, I don't know if you have any notes. I'm pretty sure he did his homework. Yeah, I, I, I know. I thought, how do you do a movie about something like this? But, you know, I thought. I, I, they sold it as far as I'm concerned. They yeah. really did. I, I thought that he really, I could not imagine anybody else playing the role because I mm -hmm. thought he did it so well. Right. No, he did. Um, and again, I appreciate, appreciated the, I'm a huge Blondie fan. 
and George Giorgio Moroder. He did music with Donna Summer. I feel love. I mean, I, and he's I think he's still around. He might still be doing um some producing. I mean, he he DJ and stuff. He actually won an Oscar for Flash Dance with Irene Cara. Just I just found that out. Um, but you, he has a unique sound. He he's really responsible for Madonna's early success, Giorgio Moroder her and a bunch of other people. So during the 80s, the like the late like the disco era into the 80s, Georgia Moroder was the man, you know, and you couldn't go if you wanted to have a hit or have be have iconic and lasting music, it's probably from you're going to get it from Georgia Moroder. Um but yeah, that's about it for this movie because I don't want to talk too much. I don't want to give anything else away because it was it's very noirish very noirish and i really appreciated that the fashion oh my gosh it was great um but it, it, i'm glad it showed the glamorous and the gritty and a dirty side of prostitution um uh, of and then how how to you know kind of sensitive to like the the like they showed some a young guy who was being buck breaking, as they say, you know, and I'm kind of sensitive to that. The youth that get into that and get taken advantage of either male or female. But, you know, when you see a male get, getting taken advantage of, you know, it's kind of because, you, you know, in society, we used to the women. But when you see the, the males yeah. doing that, it's just, oh, it's uh, it's an extra creep factor for me. But anyway, Georgia, I'm going to give you the last word, my love. OK, thank you. Well, you know, if I was doing his business cards, but I would <laughs> make his, his business card, I would put business. My pleasure, no, my business is pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I would put my business is pleasure on his, on his uh, business cards. But anyway, I was just going to say, if you want to see a movie that has sex and politicians and mm -hmm. scandal and like, like, and it's daring for time, then this is a movie that is going to be checking off all those boxes for you. This movie was a guilty pleasure for me. I have to say, I watched it for fun. I did not want to be uh, overly critical about uh, any of its flaws right. uh, in the pacing or yeah, because certainly, yeah, I mean, you'll notice that. But I watched it. I watched it for the fashion. I watched it for you know. I mean. Richard Gere being, you know, so attractive and in this role, which I had heard so much about this movie. It is a cult classic. It does have a following. And yeah. so it, it's, it was a fun movie for me, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it is just it's just something that once you see it, you'll stick with it. You'll, you'll want to wa watch it again. Um, and I can see why they chose to do this over and maybe to get his backstory i don't i just from the trailer i don't think they should have done it but again i just saw the trailer american gigolo 1980 richard gear for how betty davis saved my life life lessons from classic hollywood and like georgia said all that glitters ain't gold money things is not all it cracks up to be if you have to you know pretty much destroy yourself and the people around you to get it well, I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we will see you next time. We I thought we had a movie lined up, but I don't think we do. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm, we're, I'm sorry. Usually we have a movie lined up. But we cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. Catch us on Facebook and on YouTube. All right, Shaka, what's going on? What, what's going on with Hollywood?